Hi, listeners, and welcome to My Holland Update. I'm Marianne Manderfield, Public Information Coordinator for the city, and today our guest is our city manager, Keith Van Beek. Hi, Keith. Good morning, Marianne, or whatever time people are listening to this, I guess. Right. Well, welcome back. You've been with us a few times now. The city's got several projects that they've been on the doc that have been on the docket. I know you wanted to give everybody an update on those. Um, But the first one, the first project that's been in the news quite a bit and has been very popular has been the 10th Street Reconstruction Project. And a big portion of that project that everybody knows about is was the cycle track that was tested in August. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was a big project. And I actually think of it as being one of those really positive um, city engagement, civic engagement type things. So we did. We had a demonstration project on 10th Street running all the way from Collin Park, um, getting... Um, through the Hope College campus. Right. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to put that cycle track out there just to do exactly what it did, get a lot of feedback and sometimes some pretty passionate views from our public. Right. Um, It did that where we had people all along the spectrum that loved it, that really didn't love it at all. And it was connected to 10th Street being... Um, next year, a very big construction reconstruction project that we have, including utilities mm-hmm. and a road reconstruction. So we had identified next year as being the year that we wanted council to make a decision as to what type of non-motorized element or not that we were going to put on 10th Street. Okay. Because there was a couple public meetings, there was places that people could comment and give their feedback. And you're right, there there was quite a bit of feedback. And so there was several options presented to council for that, right? Yes. What did they end up deciding? Yeah. So what we did is from a staff perspective, we always feel in the end that we are going to make a staff recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through the entire process. And in the end, Staff made a recommendation that we did not go with the full cycle track. Okay. That cross-section, a technical term of how we say, like, what is the road going to look like look like when we put it back in? Sure. In order to have a cycle track out there, it is a little bit wider, and that would have impacted many trees in, in the um, stretch of road that we were talking about. Um, And staff, in the end, just when we took a look at that, we decided that that was not a recommendation that we felt was appropriate. Um, What we were trying to do is balance the feedback that we heard from the community that said we want some type of non-motorized element from Mm -hmm. some in the community. But yet a lot of the neighbors were concerned about trees and they were concerned about a loss of parking on street parking that they had in some of these neighborhoods. Right. Because that, the full-on cycle track would have required it to be quite a bit wider. Yeah, it would have required it to be wider. And and in these cases, you know, even three feet makes quite a bit of difference. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, um, council took the staff recommendation and made a few more tweaks to it. Um, So the final thing that we are moving forward with is that there will be um, a bike lane similar to what you see in other parts of the city. Okay. Um, 
and that bike lane is dedicated um, along the east portion of the project. Okay. And then the last three blocks along to the west from Collin Park and then the three blocks in, um, it's actually a different type of ba- bike lane. It's called a Cheryl, which basically right. means it's a bike lane that's, that's going to share travel lanes with the traveling public. And what that does is that, that retain the ability to have on-street parking on both sides of 10th street okay in those specific three blocks okay because that was a big that was a big concern for a lot of people especially those residents along 10th street yeah you know uh what we talked about and what the conversation i think that council had is that every once in a while you have big priorities of council that Mm -hmm. every once in a while they run up against each other if you would sure so we had a priority of council to have more non-motorized transportation options in our community. And then we had a desire to really retain neighborhoods. And this was kind of the compromise that council came up with. So that is what we're proceeding with. And we think uh, it'll it'll be a big year along 10th Street. We've had some of those in, in the recent uh, this year and last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and 10th Street will definitely be dug up next year for those utilities. The non-motorized element in the end is really just, you know, the the paint that we put down at the end for for these dedicated bike lanes. Sure. So this will kick off next spring. Yes. Yeah, so um, the engineering will go on through the fall um, and winter, and then the bidding process goes out. Um, so yeah, next next spring, next spring and summer, there's going to be a lot of activity on 10th Street. Another project that has gotten quite a bit of attention recently was the purchase of the Model 3 Tesla for the detectives unit. And that um, was re- was really part of a broader project, which is the alternative fuel vehicle and equipment purchasing policy that was just passed by the Board of Public Works, and it's on city council's agenda, right? Yeah, that policy, that's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. All of that. It is. <laughs> And but the Tesla was a pilot as part of this purchasing policy. So tell yeah, us so a little broad, bit about that. Yeah. So broadly, what we're trying to do is we. I, I hope the listeners know that we have a community energy policy here in the city, mm-hmm. and one of the specific things that's been handed down t- to that is taking a look at the vehicles and the other equipment that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we're in the process of adopting this policy, which r- really says we're going to try to use um, alternative fuel and alternative vehicles as much as we can mm-hmm. to have um, the least impact on our carbon footprint. So sometimes there's operational issues. Right. Um, for example, I'm not aware that there's a electric aerial fire truck available yet so there's some things operationally where we still have you know there's just not opportunities but we viewed that this model 3 tesla is a pilot so what we're doing is we we have made the conscious choice to buy a more expensive vehicle up front and we want to see how it meets our operational needs and then we're also going to measure the other returns. We're not buying gas, right? We're right. buying electricity. Right. Um, 
we want to see how the maintenance on the vehicle works. There aren't any local um, Tesla dealers, so it's there's a lot more transportation involved sure. with all those things. But we got to the point where we really believe that this was a viable pilot project that we wanted to invest in. Um, and yeah, it got a lot of attention, and I think it was really positive attention that we're trying to um, do the right things with our footprint, um, but this is also something that we thought um, met our operational needs also, so we're excited to give it a try. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where in a year, two years, where we come out on that, because the BPW is doing something very similar with the purchase of a hybrid bucket truck. Right. Yeah, yeah. And what's happening there is we have a lot of equipment. The BPW has a lot of equipment where the traditional engine runs because there's ancillary systems that run off of that. So this bucket truck that the BPW is, is just in the process of purchasing, that hydraulic system for the bucket is actually... Um, run differently where the diesel engine doesn't have to run when the vehicle's parked, but you're operating the bucket. Okay. Um, and that's a local um, system, a local company that we're oh, um, okay. examining that with right now. So those are the types of things sure. that that policy that you mentioned, Marianne, mm-hmm. really um, encourages, requires our operational functions to evaluate those types of options, again, with the end goal of lowering our carbon footprint. Because the um, transportation is about 17% of the CO2 emissions, and that's, that's quite a large chunk. Yeah, and where we get that number from is when we take a look at doing the large calculation of our carbon footprint as a larger community, uh, we use some partners that know how to do those calculations. You put numbers in in the front. And, yeah, 17% of our carbon footprint is from the transportation sector. Most of that transportation sector is really outside of the control, if you would, of the city or the BPW, of sure. course. But when we take a look at our own fleets, um, we wanted to be a leader in that. So that is why that you see um, these two projects in particular uh, taking a step in that direction so we can be part of the solution and really maybe drive um, that thinking for other people in the community. Sure. In keeping talking about the Community Energy Plan, which you had mentioned covers a 40-year period, uh, which is a long time, council has recognized that in order to keep that alive and moving forward, there needs to be some operational structures in place. And two of those that they have identified are committees. And one of the committees is the Strategic Deve- Development Committee that is just starting to reconvene for a second time. So tell us a little bit about that and who's on that committee or how that committee is formed. Yeah, and the analogy I like to use there, Marianne, is Every once in a while you hear about, oh, there's a government or a business agency or guilty of these two where you do a study and then that document, that study sits up on a shelf somewhere and collects dust and nothing happens with it. And council, I think, made a really good decision right up front with the community energy plan where 
not only do you have the long, the big plan with the 40-year goal, Mm -hmm. but what we have is a strategic development team, and it's a specific group of um, BPW city and community people that are appointed, and they take a look at that 40-year horizon, not as a 40-year timeline, but specifically they're taking a look at three- to five-year time implements. Okay. So we already have had that strategic development team meet and set five-year goals, and that comes up at the end, actually, of 2021. Okay. And now we have a new team that is starting to meet so they can do some detailed homework and investigations and looking at resources and looking at how we've done so far. And then they will make a set of recommendations, we're assuming, to council okay. that would then take a look at the next time period, um, 2022, and then probably they'll make those recommendations, but for three, four, five years from there. Okay. Um, and then that would be, hey, these are the next things that we think we need to work on. Okay, so this document, while it's 40 years long, it's still, it's, there's always work being done in the background. Absolutely. It's a living, breathing document. And you kind of reference kind of the different committees. So the way mm-hmm. it works is think of the community energy plan as being this big 40-year document. And then that strategic development team talking about, okay, what should we focus on in five-year increments, if you would. And then that gets operationalized with a steering committee, which is made up of staff um, that then works those strategies of the strategic development team to really bring those into life. And in fact, that policy that we talked about just momentarily, Marianne, Mm -hmm. that was one of the recommendations of the strategic development team this last time. Okay, And that's why you see staff bringing that that um, project forward now because it was recommended last time by the SDT. Well, thank you, Keith. Our longtime finance director, Tim Vogley, is going to be retiring at the end of the year. And one of the things that Tim also handled was economic development items for the city. So to fill that void, um, the city is contracting with Ryan Kilpatrick, who's the director for Housing Next. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that Ryan is going to be working on. Yeah, so what we did there is Tim's just done a fantastic job for the city, and he stepped into some economic development incentive programs type things. Um, When we had the Great Recession, Mm -hmm. historically that's been a position that was an assistant city manager level position here at the city. Um, We had that program to be a full-time job here in this in the budget this year but with the great uncertainties around the covid pandemic right and quite frankly some concerns that we have about city revenues in future years okay. we just didn't want to commit to the full-time pay and benefits of a brand new position um we have a replacement for Tim Vogley. Lynn McCammon has come and joined us as the finance director. But we were really looking for someone with some dedicated time and also background in economic de- incentives here in the state. 
And that's where the opportunity with Ryan Kilpatrick came in. So our okay. agreement is with actually um, Ottawa County United Way slash Housing Next, which is the employer for Ryan. Okay. So the agreement is with those organizations. Okay. But what Ryan's going to do is he's going to be able to come out, come in on a contractual basis, and he has a long history, in fact, working for the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Uh, where he was the person that was the local expert for local communities in all of West Michigan, working on brownfield projects and different tax increment financing projects, which are the boring, nitty-gritty <laughs> details behind <laughs> development, right. of which there is a lot of demand right now here in the city of Holland, which is a great thing, and yet we really want to have someone that's has a level, level of expertise to help us as a city work with the development community. So that's why we're bringing Ryan aboard. Uh, we think that it fits the need, but it also isn't making that um, investment in salary and benefits right now that we're a little bit cautious about with the ongoing COVID pandemic and what that's going to mean for our revenues in future years. All right. Well, thank you, Keith. So follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We do have a monthly newsletter. Keep up with us on city council meetings. And until next month, this has been My Holland Update.